You're listening to the DolphinsTalk.com Podcast Network. We would be honored if you would join us. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of the Damn Dolphins Podcast. The damn. <laughs> it's so bad. <laughs> Not this time. Not this time, everybody. Not this time. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> but <clears throat> that's because Robbie's dealing with a little bit of something that he caught uh, a couple days before the weekend. Yep. Yeah, I think you all know what it is. Yeah. So, but Robbie said he was feeling loads better uh, in the last couple <clears throat> days. So, <laughs> so I'm glad that uh, he's doing better because if, if if I ever lost Robbie, this show would just be complete because I'm not doing this show by myself, and I need Rob to be ranting because rant, Rob has eyes that look for certain things that my eyes don't uh, exactly look for. So he comes up with you know, certain aspects to talk about while I come out come up with certain aspects to talk about. And that's why me and him are good, like, yin and, yin and yang of the whole show. You may dispense with the pleasantries, Commander. So, uh, first things first, uh, the Dolphins escaped Foxborough with a 17-16 win against the Patriots this weekend. Whoop-de-doo! Fans here at Pro Player Stadium are going berserk. All right, Miami! And uh, yeah. they literally escaped... Thanks to a Xavier Howard fumble recovery that happened in the closing minutes of the game, right before the Patriots scored. Um, first, I wanted—I I just want to do this quickly. But first, I want to talk about me and Rob's initial uh, thoughts heading into this game. So let me just start with my good friend Robbie T. I hope he's ready. But his voice is ready. <laughs> I take All that right. as a yes. All right, yeah. so Rob, uh, just really quickly, um, what were your initial thoughts heading into this game? Um, I was definitely um, very optimistic. I, I thought Miami had just a good chance to, to win this game. Um, the line, the line, the line closed at three and a half, which uh, New England favored by three and a half. That that three is probably just because of home field alone. Um, but I was very confident in our team. I, I know they're, you know, I know people said stuff like, oh, Bill Belichick's, uh, record against young quarterbacks is like this and this and blah, blah, blah. And all I could just say is that, yeah, that, that record. Yeah. But yeah, with Tom Brady under center, I, 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 you know, media and fans and football people, need to understand this. This is not the same New England from the past 20 years that destroy us, that destroy teams. Because Tom Brady is not there anymore. We cannot equivalent that past when they no longer have the greatest quarterback under center. So I, I, That's why I never bought this idea that Miami should have been should have been the underdog, though I guess you can make the argument the home field is the only reason why they were uh, New England was fair. But, uh, anyway, 
Uh, I apologize, everybody. Like, I'm so, like, drained. Like, this COVID thing made me really tired this whole time. You told me you were feeling better yesterday. I am feeling better. No, I really am feeling better. I, I technically did took a, I took a, I did took a test yesterday, and I'm negative. I'm gonna take another test later on uh, to see if I'm okay. Yeah, I gotta get at least like two negative tests in a 24 hour span. Mm. Uh, anyway, what was I saying? Um, I just think we need to stop looking into New England's past. If we live off of that past, ugh, it's. We're not the Tom Brady era is over in New England. You can't live off their history and think that Belichick is going to torment the young quarterbacks or, or you know, dominate games. No, man, that's not happening. Especially a first game of the season with a rookie quarterback. Good luck with that. That's it. Yeah. All right. You're done. <laughs> okay, so heading into this game, uh, I, I do agree. It's a different New England team. You still got Bill Belichick, strong defense, so it's like it's kind of the same. It's just kind of missing that quarterback and the offensive weaponry on the other side. Um, I feel like heading into this game, the Dolphins were really similar, strong defense and uh, an offense that has uh, assembled some weapons, but you know is relatively unproven. New England had the better offensive line, I feel. Ours, our, our offensive line is a little unproven as well. With oh, my God. Tackle play. Oh, my, oh, my God. That offensive line the other day was, yesterday was awful. Yeah. Oh, my God. That was not a fun watch. Mm-hmm. I, I, I believe in Liam Eikenberg, but you could tell they put him in the fire way too soon in left tackle. But, and, and, uh, and this was bothering me. Like, like, come on, Rob, before you start ranting, you got to let me finish, man. Go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> you had your turn to speak. Now it's my turn. This is go. my show. I created this. Go. Okay. I got us here. Okay, go. <laughs> okay, so anyway, so yeah. So um, yeah, so I, I thought they were basically pretty even. You know, like Tua Tagovailoa is getting like so much like just shade from the media like no one believes in him there's all these like national doubters but inside that locker room like floor floors as as much as floors has his back there's also like plenty of like there's there's plenty of storylines to like nitpick at and show you that floors doesn't always have two as back at the time but for Mm -hmm. the most part he thinks two is a good quarterback and the rest of the locker room thinks two is a good quarterback meanwhile Mac Jones is like the new car on the block, and everybody's excited to have him. And he had a good, strong preseason, which Tua did too. But everybody's just like all impressed about Mac Jones because he, because the New England Patriots cut Cam Newton and kept him. Well, obviously they're going to keep him, but they cut Kev, Cam Newton, so that says a lot about how much faith they believe in Mac Jones. He had a strong preseason. Everybody's there was that story about uh, Jones teaching the playbook to cam newton um there's just a lot of things going for mac jones right now uh because he hasn't this he 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 has very little tape to go off of the little tape that he has everything looks good but you know like he hasn't had a bad game yet for the media to throw any shade on but remember like during the draft no everybody everybody was thinking Mac Jones was going to slide because he just doesn't have the arm talent and he doesn't have the things that the other quarterbacks in that draft had. And, I mean, he did fall. 
but he got scooped up by the right organization. So, I mean, I think they're two evenly matched teams, and um, and you know, uh, former uh, Dolphin Kyle Van Noy went to that uh, Patriots team. Now he's back on the Patriots, and I thought he was going to have like some some sort of revenge game. Maybe not a huge revenge game. But I was keeping my eye on him to see what he was going to do because I knew he was going to impact the game in some way, maybe a little tiny bit of revenge. And he did because he had a sack and he had, like, a deflected pass. So, um, yeah, So, but I, I did think the Dolphins would have a good chance in this game. I think they were stronger in certain areas, especially, like, their cornerbacks against the New England receivers. And basically our offensive weaponry, I felt, was better than New England's offensive weaponry and their cornerbacks because they don't have stuff on Gilmore uh, for the next uh, handful of weeks, I think it is. Yeah, I think he's on the pub list. So, so that left things open for our receivers. Uh, and basically, like, our offensive line isn't perfect, but I thought it was adequate enough to somehow get a win. And, uh, and we did. So um, let's just talk about the game right now. Um you know, Xavier Howard closed it out with a with a fumble recovery uh, when the Patriots were heading down the field in the closing minutes of the game. Um, it, it just shows you this just shows you why we why why it was a good move to pay Xavier Howard. A lot of fans were torn with that thing, and then you know we didn't know whether we we're going to get rid of him or trade him or whatever, but I. Like, he's a special player, and he showed it. And if he wasn't there to get that fumble recovery, the Patriots probably score, and we probably don't win that game. Oh, yeah. That is correct, Commander. Mm-hmm. That was playmaking at its best. It definitely was a game between two essentially identical teams. I do think Miami's a little bit more explosive uh, weapons-wise. But New England definitely has a better round and pound game. Uh, but yeah, it was, but yeah, Xavier Howard, that fumble, which is kind of funny considering New England is historically known to never fumble and they fumble the worst time. Oof. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I, there were some fans that were like, no, no, there was still plenty of time left and blah, blah, blah. We could have, we could have had a drive down there. It wasn't just because Xavier Howard recovered the fumble. Patriots could have scored and we could have like went down the field and, and scored a touchdown. I don't necessarily believe that because our offense kind of had a rough day on the field. Don't act so surprised, your highness. If you think about it, like we had 16 first downs. New England had 24. Uh, our total plays were 52. New England had 70. Our total yards were 260. The New England Patriots had like almost 400. Um, like, you know, their passing yards were about 80 yards better than us. Their rushing yards were about, where it was 74 to 125. Um, th- yeah, like our offense was just not having a good day. Um, we did get a, we know we kind of moved the chains a little bit, but you know, for the most part we were like punting, uh, you know, every, you know, it was just very inconsistent. Yeah. We got two touchdowns and a field goal at some point, but it was just very inconsistent. Um, it wasn't sloppy, but they got the job done. I think Tua Tagovailoa played his butt off. The force is with him. I think he was trying to do everything out there, uh, as as possible 
He had a uh, he was 16 for 27, uh, 202 yards, one touchdown, one interception. Uh, Tua led the Dolphins on a strong opening drive that was capped off by himself running in for a touchdown. He led the Dolphins on a drive in the closing minutes of the half. Uh, the drive could have ended in a in a field goal to tie the game, but. I mean, the drive ended in a field goal to tie the game, but it could have been a touchdown if uh, the Pat, if the Patriots' cornerback uh, Jalen Mills didn't knock down a gorgeous deep throw by Tua, Talbert Wilson in the end zone. Uh, Tua also had an interception midway through the fourth quarter. He was under immense pressure. He scrambled backward and tried to heave the ball downfield to make a play, but the receivers in the area bobbled the ball and eventually gave the Patriots an interception at midfield. Um, Robbie, what were your thoughts on Tua today? I thought he was over yesterday. Well, yeah, I thought (laughs) yes, Sunday, yesterday, that day before today. Um, I thought he was okay. Uh, I hate to admit this, but I thought Mac Jones was the better of the two. You are part of the Rebel Alliance and a traitor. Um, and I thought Tua for the most part. Like, he made some good throws. I love that opening drive where they went with a no-huddle approach. It looked perfect. And I was hoping to see more of that, but they kind of abandoned that later on. Uh, I I do see the repertoire with his uh, wide receivers, like Devontae Parker and uh, Waddle. Like, you see it. He's, you know, but there were some... Bone the bonehead the the interception was just uh, that was like uh, that was one of those inexcusable things out there. I don't even know what what the heck he was trying to do. I don't know if he was just trying to make a play or he was trying to. He claims that he was trying to throw it away and he did a really bad job throwing it away. I mean, he might as well would have just taken the sack from there because and just go fourth down and punt it. Because that could have cost us the game. Yeah, interception cost, almost cost us the game. Mm-hmm. And again, we're not. We're gonna like look. We're gonna not talk about that later on because we won. But if we would have lost, we would. That would have. It would have been the start of you know, should the Dolphins trade for Sean Watson? Mm-hmm. And it, it might. It might be. I don't know. I don't know how they reacted to it on the national, on the talk shows today. But uh, yeah, it's probably gonna. It's in some way, fashion or form, like they're gonna just talk about it because that's what they do with Tua. But overall, he was okay. I don't mm-hmm. think he. I don't think he played anything, anything special. Either. I thought Matt Jones didn't play anything special either. I thought he was very. I thought he was pretty good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I thought. I mean, I really thought Tua. I mean, he didn't look special because you know he was kind of under pressure at times. Um, the pass you were talking about where he like kind of was pressured and he was like scrambling backward and he kind of like rolled right and he like kind of just heaved one. Like at first when, when he did that, I was just like, oh, okay, he's trying to throw it out of bounds. And then I saw the, you know, where the ball fell and there was the two dolphin, uh, the two dolphin receivers there. I forgot who they were. And then both of them kind of bobbled it, and then it just ended up going into the hands yeah. of the Patriots defender. And that was another thing that bothered yeah. me. So man. then, like, yeah. So sure I was just like, is sure. he trying to make a play or is he trying to throw it out of bounds? And it just was a little too soft, and two Dolphins guys were there to make a play, possibly. But they should have just knocked that ball down the floor, bro. Mm. 
I mean, he st- he started off strong, and there was some really nice throws. Like he had a couple yeah. slants to Parker and Waddle. Uh, he looked yeah, like on that, point, that, super accurate. That play, that play call with that slant to Parker was, work, was working the whole game. Yeah, yeah. They had it no was. answer. They had no answer for that. Mm-hmm. I mean, I thought he looked sharp when he had the protection. I thought he looked pretty sharp. Like he could have had another touchdown, but uh, you know that the Patriots Jordan uh, Jalen Mills knocked the knocked that pass out of the end zone. It was about to drop in the. I think it was Albert Wilson's uh, bread basket there, but you know, and then he had another one. Uh, I think it was uh, where was it? I think it was in the second half. Um. Yeah, I think it was the, the second half. Like he had one down the sideline to uh, Devontae Parker. Devontae was at the time? I think Parker. Yeah, yeah. So like, part you know, Parker had a good day. Um, yeah. So yeah, let's talk about like Devontae Parker and Jalen Waddle for a tiny little bit. Um, so De- Devontae Parker and Jalen Waddle were uh, two of the most productive se- uh, receivers for the Dolphins. Um, and uh, Parker had four receptions for 81 yards, including a 23-yard catch and run on a slant in the top half of the second quarter, and a 30-yard reception on a throw by Tua down the sideline on a third and eight. Um, what do you think about Devontae Parker? Because everybody thinks he's soft. Wait, people thought he sucked. No, he's... everybody thinks he's soft. He's soft, like throughout throughout the years, you know, like. He was like, I, I mean, I don't think pretty he's much soft. not there for like half a training camp. And things. I mean, I don't think he's soft. I think he's just one of those players. He's one of those NFL players or athletes that just can't stay healthy. Mm-hmm. Not everybody could be Brett Favre. Mm-hmm. Um, I was very impressed with Devontae Parker. Uh, it's games like those is the re- shows why Miami kept them still to this day. Mm-hmm. Um. Because, again, like, Devontae Parker was always that guy that, like, I'm always surprised that, man, he's still in the roster to this day. You would think at some point he'd be, he'd be a cap casualty or a trade bait. But, no, Miami keeps him around because he's a really talented wide receiver who unfortunately has had a lot of health issues uh, during his career. But when he's healthy, he's as productive and talented as any other uh, starting wide receiver in the league. Mm-hmm. He whooped uh, Stephon Gilmore two years ago. It was Stephon Gilmore not in the game. He was able to make plays again. Mm-hmm. He didn't have as big as uh, of a day as he did two years ago, but uh, you know he he was productive for sure, man. He had that that catch down the sideline for like thirty yards. You know, like Tua threw it up to him, and he was able to high point it and come down on it with two feet and bounds on the sideline. It was pretty impressive, man. Like I've always. Uh, People always kind of wondered why he was on the team because they get frustrated with his health and everything, mm-hmm. and uh, also like him and him and Tannehill. I don't know. They never seem to have like that kind of connection. I just don't think Tannehill was like that kind of quarterback to just like throw it up. He had to like see the guy open before he like threw it. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe he's not that way anymore, but like back on the Dolphins, he was. And uh, so like Parker, you know, plus his health. At the time, like he, he was never able to like impact the games like you see with a quarterback who has like those natural instincts like Tua or Fitzpatrick. So, um, you know, I, I was, you know, uh, it's oh, it's always nice to see Parker making plays because, to be honest, like it, it we we don't really see like it that often with him. Um, our first round pick, Jalen Waddle, uh, 
he went he had four receptions for 61 yards and a touchdown um some of his highlights include uh during the closing minutes of the first half the dolphins uh started at the 25 and waddle had single coverage to identified it and threw a beautiful deep pass to waddle to get the dolphins inside the patriots 40 um another one was uh, at the top of the third quarter uh, Waddle capped off the Dolphins' drive with a four-yard touchdown. Uh, the Dolphins had trips left. Waddle came across in motion and redirected uh, back to the left on the snap. And uh, once the ball was snapped, uh, Tua was able to uh, throw shortly to him, and Waddle just like ran for that pylon and dove into the end zone for uh, the score to put us up ahead uh, for 17 points. Uh, thoughts on the rookie, Robbie? Jalen Waddle? Yep. Uh, he looked really good. Uh, he looks explosive. He clearly has repertoire with Tua. Guys that, t- made, you know, worked hard to get that touchdown. You know, I'm really excited. If there's something Miami has, we do have a great receiving core now. So I don't, I don't think there should be no excuses when it comes to, you know, not having playmakers on offense. I think we have playmakers on defense and playmakers on offense. It's a matter of can we run the ball and have some sort of balanced attack and can can our offensive line like stay, you know, good, you know. And honest to God, it, it really what stood out to me more than anything in that game was how bad our offensive line was. That, that, was, that was not good at all. Lane Eichenberg, I still have high hopes for him, but you talk about a really bad like first game for a rookie left tackle. Like I know he, I know he wasn't training as a left tackle. I guess what bothered me is if Austin Jackson was healthy and he was able to play, why didn't you make him start? Yeah, I mean. Yeah, but the thing is, I don't know. And he was coming off that COVID list. I mean, I don't know what the situation was exactly, but sometimes, uh, sometimes Flores with injuries and like players coming off of that list, you know, he's very delicate with them. So maybe he didn't want to, uh, like, just throw um, throw Austin Jackson back in the game when he probably is maybe just like recovering from that. You know how it is, like, we get that COVID fog or whatever. Same thing Cam Newton had, even though Cam Newton just sucked before COVID anyway. But, mm-hmm. but I mean, maybe Austin Jackson had a little bit of that. Maybe you don't want to risk anything. I mean, I don't know how these things work with the whole COVID thing, but I'm sure coming off a of, like, if he was sick, you know, coming off a of sickness like that, or maybe, you know, being around people. Uh, you know, he just Flores just likes to kind of baby step players back uh, onto the field, and that's all it was. And uh, Liam Eikenberg, you know, he played left tackle in college, so mm-hmm. it wasn't a bad move. Like he, if Flores put like Greg Little there, or um, I think Larnell Coleman might be one of our backup tackles, or Adam Pankey, but like I would, I, I would have a huge 
I would just have huge concerns leading into the game, like yeah. with someone like with Greg Little or, or anybody else, because Liam Eikenberg, you know, at least he's practiced at tackle and he's played there in Notre Dame. Like I know he hasn't practiced at left tackle all like off season, but I mean he's like the second, like he, he's he's the third best tackle on the team, like hands down, and um, you know, like I'm like his performance wasn't amazing. But at the same time, it's just like it is his first game, and he never practiced there before. So I'm li- I'm willing to cut him some slack. So mm-hmm. he w- he wasn't a terrible liability. Uh, but like these were just two, these were just two physical football teams that were just that you know like Bella. It, 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 it's a it, it's Flores coming from the Belichick tree. It's Belichick having a hard defense. It's Brian Flores who has a physical smart team too. And they just went head for head and battled it up. It was just like a total defensive game. I felt like like each each team like either kind of stuffed each other's run at times and like went after the quarterback. You know, um, they were handsy with each other like down the field, mm-hmm. um, and you just had two quarterbacks who just knew exactly what they were doing, just going head to head at it. And uh, it wasn't the highest scoring game, but I, I felt it was pretty fun. Um, I don't know. So, uh, I don't know. You want to talk about Mac Jones a little bit, Robbie? Uh, sure. Sure. So Mac Jones, uh, he went 29 for 39 for, uh, 281 yards, one touchdown. Um, so, uh, one of his highlights included, uh, midway through the third quarter, he gets flushed out of the pocket, um, Got chased to the right side by Og, by uh, Dolphins Ogba and Jerome Baker, and he fired downfield downfield to Kendrick Bourne. Um, a holding call negated the play, but it was nice to see. Um, bottom of the third quarter, he hit Kevin White coming out of the backfield and down the sideline for a nice touch pass that was dropped in uh, over Jerome Baker's head, uh, who was also in coverage. Um, yeah, so Mac Jones had some good throws to me but a lot of it was dink and dunk but you know with pressure in his face like he just made the most out of just jacoby myers and nelson Aguilar. he was getting the, the ball out of his hands quick and it's probably something that cam newton probably wasn't able to do in the new england offense as well because cam newton like throughout his whole career it's never been about timing and anticipation it's always been like he's just sitting back there and he's going to play the quarterback position however he wants to and he's probably going to wait for things to develop in order for him to make a decision downfield mm-hmm. and then he's going to throw it but with mac jones and the way this the patriots like to run it everything is like short it's crossing it's timing it's just very just like trying to shake the the defender uh, during the first like five or ten yards and just having the ball released to get you that uh first down and uh i thought i thought mac jones, yeah, yeah i thought mac jones was pretty good at it uh, especially when the pressure was on him like he like i don't know man jacoby myers and Aguilar were annoying me especially like late in the game and then he started getting his tight ends involved and those guys were getting annoying because it wasn't even like the dolphins were taking like everything away downfield and the only thing the Patriots could do was really like dink and dunk like throughout the games, and and uh, but you know like Mac Jones like he didn't put up any crazy numbers either, but you know he looked good. 
and uh, you know, whatever. <coughs> I hate I hate to praise him because he's a patriot and whatever, but I mean mm-hmm. the guy the guy did look good, and he probably did have the better day than Tua uh, statistically, but I thought Tua played really well as, as well, and. I think I think another thing with Tua is that like people people keep talking about like he doesn't throw deep. Like are, are you have you even watched like this preseason <laughs> or this game like they, the guy had like some really chunky plays. He was like firing it downfield deep on target with wonderful touch. Like I I just hate I can't stand people knocking Tua like over and over and over again. Like I I'm so sick of that about it. That's why I wrote that article like last week because because I know he wasn't elected captain, but it's just more ammunition and more fodder for the media people to just get on him about. And mm-hmm. like, and they have no idea. Like, they're not taking a closer look about how the team really feels about him and what's going on in that locker room. And I just like, I'm so mm-hmm. sick of the two I hate because because it, it's all it's all a bunch of like false narratives, pretty much. But they are narratives that they're gonna use. Oh, no, definitely. They story. gotta talk. They gotta talk about something. Yeah. So I mean I don't know man any any Mac Jones memories from the the field that kind of caught your eye Robbie? I mean he did throw some really nice passes um, those really nice deep ones that were pretty good. Um, other than that like he looked good but I didn't see I ha- I didn't see like a, I don't think it was a special performance I thought it was I thought he had a solid first game as a rookie playing his first NFL regular season game. There's really not much to say. Hmm. All right, what about Jacoby Brissett? How'd you feel about seeing him uh, come onto the field? Um, I think it was like in the closing minutes of the first half to uh, run that quarterback sneak. <clears throat> what were your thoughts when you when you started seeing him walk on the field? Uh, clearly, they don't want to to make those quarterback sneaks and uh, worry about him freaking breaking his hip again. Mm-hmm. So go with the bigger, stronger. Uh, quarterback to make those sneaks. It's fine. Uh, those were fine. Clearly it worked, but I think they tried to do some gimmicky stuff uh, the, the following play. I don't, I don't remember if it worked or not. I believe it did, but it's just like, let's let's cool it with the gimmicky stuff. Yeah, well, yeah, what actually happened is that they put him in for the quarterback sneak, which worked, which was fine. <laughs> the thing is, like, once he was running onto the field, I, I told my dad, because I was watching the game with my dad, I'm like, there's no like unless two is injured. There's really no reason for for a set to be out there right now, unless and it has to be a quarterback sneak. Because I'm like the only <laughs> thing that makes sense is that you're gonna put him in there to to run the ball up the gut in the middle because he's bigger, he's taller, and he's just he's just a bigger bodied guy. And it did it did work. And then the following play, they kept him in trying to get the Patriots <clears throat> defense to jump off sides. But then it turned out to be like an, a false start on us because. I don't know. I, I don't know. I, I didn't really like that decision because the thing is, if you're trying to do, if you're trying to get the other team to jump off sides, and then the starting unit isn't used to playing, it isn't used to the backup doing the cadence with the starting unit. Like, yeah. you know, the timing's off, the tempo could be off. I mean, I wasn't, you know, I wasn't there hearing it or listening to it, but, but sometimes when the starting unit is playing, playing with the backup quarterback and the backup quarterback does the cadence, uh, you know, sometimes they do it at a tempo that they're not used to, and those kind of things happen. So it kind of backfired on the Dolphins. But, you know, if they have him in there for quarterback sneaks, it's okay for me. Mm-hmm. The problem is that whenever they're going to do it, 
you kind of see it coming once Jacoby Brissett goes on the field. So they got to create like some sort of other wrinkles with that. And uh, I, I'm, I'm not sure how I feel about that because, because I don't know. I, I, I just like seeing Tua throw the ball really. And not that I don't trust Brissett to throw the ball either, but it's just like, I just, I just want my quarterback to be on the field, like in those kind of, uh, situations where, and I know it's about, I know it's about winning the game and doing what's best for the team. But at the same time, it's just like, how, how do I know if this kid is clutch or not when there's a crucial situation on the field and then you pull him off? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was kind of like the same thing. And right. I think it was, uh, was it 2018 and Ryan Tannehill's like final year where uh, Adam Gase was like <laughs> pulling him off the field on like the third and tens and stuff in the Colts mm-hmm. game. Ugh. I was just oh. like, what are you doing? <laughs> And then he um, runs the ball. It's just it's so stupid. Don't remind me. Oh my god, I blurred. I, I can't believe I even remember that because there's so many. There's so many like there's so much from like 2017 and 2018 that I just blurred out because Ryan Tannehill wasn't there and just everything was just falling apart. I can't even remember. It. I can't even believe I remember that. Anyway. Um. So yeah, I mean, it was interesting to see it. It worked. I mean. You know, the, the theory at least makes sense with, with Brissett coming on the field. Um, the Wildcat made its appearance a couple times in this game. Um, and I think it was m- mostly led by Malcolm Brown, who just kind of took it up in between the tackles and uh, got some positive yardage, at, at, you know, out of it. Um, Wildcat first appeared uh, in Dolphins history. The Wildcat first appeared in 2008 in Foxborough. And it came yeah. back to the Patriots again. Um, yep, the infamous yeah. wild, wild. Mm-hmm. Yep, and they they used it in like the best way too, just to like stick it to the Patriots because <clears throat> they used it um, in the closing minutes of the game when they need a couple when they needed a couple first downs uh, uh, to close out the game, and it uh, yeah, hey man, it worked. <laughs> stick it to him, Tony Sprano, back <laughs> from the grave, taking his revenge out on the Pats. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, so uh, the defense, baby. Um, ben, but don't break defense. Uh, I think the Patriots had like four red zone trips and they got like uh, a, one touchdown out of the four times they went into the uh, red zone. It actually could have been because I rewatched the game and I took some notes and it could have just been like they could have all been field goals. Because the first touchdown that they scored, Landon Roberts just like burst through the. It, it was a. They had to be like inside the ten or something like that. Let me see. I got it here on my notes. Ba, 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 ba. Um, it was one of those BS calls in the game too. Okay, so it was. It was the bottom of the second quarter. It was a third and one, and Landon Roberts just like burst through the middle of the line on a blitz. And then uh, I think the running back Stevenson came to block him, and he just like blew him up out of the way, and he dove and got uh, Mac Jones, and then the and then the refs called Roberts for like going in low on Mac Jones, which I thought was like total BS because like I see that play happen in like almost every Sunday in the games, and like they hardly ever call that. But no, of course because it's Foxborough and it's Patriots land, and the whole rule was freaking brought into you know the whole the whole rule was instituted because of freaking tom brady because he injured his knee that year and was out for the year 
Mm-hmm. Like back in, what was it, like 2008, I think this happened. Yeah. And then, so they made the rule, and of course, they're going to call it in like Gillette Stadium. So, is it still Gillette Stadium? I don't even know. Yeah. I just know what still, Patriots still is. Still is Gillette Stadium. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, I mm-hmm. thought that was a huge BS call because they gave the pay. Instead of, instead of having a huge defensive play, it's such a momentum killer because the Dolphins just made a good play, and then the referees take it away, and then they give the Patriots like a first down inside mm-hmm. the 10. And then they scored a touchdown because of it, like one one or two plays later. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, I thought the uh, overall, I think, um, I think the defense played really, really well. The only thing I noticed about them was that they had like one blown coverage and it was – let me see if I can find it here. I don't know. There was just there, there was just one blown defensive coverage. It was like the top of the second quarter. Mac Jones found like a wide-open Jacoby Myers in stride for a decent gain. Um, I think the Patriots had like trips left, and Myers was lined up on, on the inside, and then he kind of like – and then when the ball was hiked, he kind of like – went left underneath the other receivers and then and then cut back up on the field and I think the Dolphins uh the f- defensive backs kind of got a little confused or mixed up on their assignment and then he was like caught wide open for uh for like you know a sizable gain um the Dolphins they had like trouble at times sticking with people but it wasn't like they blew a lot of coverage and they allowed a lot of things downfield like everybody stuck with their man for the most part um you know, yeah, they allowed some catches here and there, but everybody knew what they had to do, and uh, everybody got there. And it was just like it was just kind of like a war of attrition. It was just like who's who's just gonna allow the most plays, really. And the Dolphins kind of did, but we also got more turnovers and less penalties than the Patriots, and I think that was a huge thing. Mm. Um, yeah, man. The yeah, so I mean, that's that's all I can really say. Any thoughts on the defense, Robbie? Defense looked good. Kept the game close. Kept the team to 16 points. Uh, def- well, def- our defense is definitely going to be our strength during the year. Um, we're definitely a team that can't really win through shootouts. So uh, We're going to win on defense and creating turnovers, basically, mm-hmm. like what we did last year. And what Let's- about offensive play calling? Mm. I like the play calling during that first drive. That was great. And then, then nothing after that. Um, no, that slant to Devontae Parker was working. Yeah, I liked it. I didn't mind it. I just think it just came down to execution and just talent and protection. I mean, they were u- they were using you know Ahmed for dump offs, Gaskins for dump offs. Like they get they found a good way to like you know get to a, like some safety valve short in case things weren't working on the deeper areas of the field. Um, yeah, I, d- I didn't really have a, a huge problem with it. There wasn't any like <clears throat> I'm throwing my remote on <laughs> my the, my TV remote onto the ground because they're making some horrible play calls out there. Um, it was just a tough game, and yeah, man, I uh, 
I, I don't know what else to say. I really don't know what else to say about this game because they. I, I think they both teams played their butt off, and the Dolphins. I, I mean, I, I will admit, I think that I think the Dolphins got lucky. I really think the Dolphins just got lucky because if Xavier Howard doesn't come up with that ball at the end, it was over. Oh, just, definitely, it was yeah. over. I mean, as much as I want to see Tua lead a drive uh, down the field for a score, I I really didn't have a lot of faith in them going all the way down the field uh, in that fashion. Man, their offense just wasn't clicking enough to give me like confidence. Agreed. No, I definitely agree with that. Yep. Um. Yeah, man. Uh, Rob, you want to rant about anything? I'm actually too tired right now to rant. Oh come on, Robbie. I don't even know what to rant about. I honestly don't have any energy. Come on, right what about Zach Wilson's first uh, first uh, performance? The next Stan Marino. <laughs> oh, yeah. He had a terrible first half. Second half, he did a little bit better. Well, it's still nothing special. He's Dan Marino, guys. He's Dan Marino. And the next Dan Marino. Where did I have? Where did I have? Over here. Okay, so Zach Wilson's first start. I got a little. I got some statistics for you because I wanted to help out Robbie with this. Because I know Rob, Robbie's having a tough time talking. <clears throat> so Zach Wilson's first start: 20 of 37, 258 yards, two touchdowns, one interception, seven yards per completion. Seven yards per completion. Not very impressive. Most impressive. Yeah. It means he's not challenging the field. It probably also means he doesn't have any time. But come on, man! Like he he definitely look didn't not look like anything close to the great Dan Marino. You want to know why? Because he, here here's here's how the Jets performed uh, during the first half. It was punt, 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 <coughs> interception, turnover on downs, punt, end of half. Mm-hmm. Uh, and their second half, it wasn't exactly garbage time because it was a low-scoring game, but it started off punt, punt, a touchdown, a punt, and then like a touchdown in like the closing minutes of the game. I personally, I consider it garbage kind, garbage time because literally the game was over. Like the the Panthers just had so much more momentum in that game than the Jets did, and yeah, it was close. And yeah, you want to score a touchdown, make it into like a field goal kind of game with like a two-point conversion, which they missed, by the way. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, like fine, whatever. I mean, you got to play 60 minutes, and you got to keep it as close as you can for 60 minutes. You don't stop trying to win until the you know the clock runs out or whatever. But realistically, the Jets looked awful, and I'm not. And you know, like I ugh, to be realistic. Wilson didn't look entirely terrible, but because mo- mo- because most of the game he just didn't have time to play, he didn't have protection or whatever. But come on, man! Like it, it was nowhere close to Dan Marino, dude. Like I think, let me see if I can find Dan Marino's first game. For Dan Marino's first start, he was 19 of 29 with 332 yards, three touchdowns, two interceptions, and 108 uh, passer rating. Ooh. Yeah. So, yeah, he had two interceptions. But, like, come on, people. This was, like, 1983. And you went into an overtime game versus the Buffalo Bills and lost 38-35, to which seemed to be a much more exciting game than, you know, the Jets versus the Carolina Panthers in week one of 2021. 
So, yeah. So, Zach Wilson, I doubt he's going to have the type of rookie season that <laughs> Marino had where he was <laughs> setting a couple records. So, yeah, man. <laughs> I mean, the the Jets sucked. Uh, the Bills lost also. Zach, uh, Josh Allen actually looked human this weekend. Uh, <laughs> The Steelers were t- taking away a lot of things deep for Buffalo, and Josh Allen was uh, under some pressure as well. And he kept dumping off to some of his receivers, and some of his receivers, like he he made some, he did make some nice throws. There was the deep one to Diggs, and 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 uh, one of the Steelers defenders just knocked it out of Diggs' hands. <laughs> and uh, but you know he the the Steelers made him look human, and he was definitely off target in one of those throws too, uh, with uh, Emmanuel Sanders going down the field because i don't know what it is but <laughs> when it when it comes to quarterbacks hitting emmanuel sanders deep for a touchdown it's like nobody wants to do it jimmy garoppolo <laughs> didn't want to do it in the super bowl josh allen had him on like a similar play deep and he was wide open and no one wanted to hit him <laughs> so uh josh allen didn't look uh, too great on yeah <clears throat> uh on sunday either big ben like, if it wasn't for Big Ben, the Steelers don't win that game. It was Big Ben and defense, and literally, just to make it short, Big Ben is such a gunslinging veteran, bro. Like, that guy that guy literally had none of his receivers open for, like, the entire game, and he was literally just making things happen. He was just literally like, I have to throw this because if I don't, there's literally no chance we could win. And he was literally just like throwing the ball up to covered receivers and he was just literally trusting them to make a play because it's almost like the uh it's almost like the the Wayne Gretzky quote where you miss 100 of the shots you don't take like that's basically Mm -hmm. how Big Ben was playing yesterday Mm -hmm. because like he was just weighing the percentages he was just like well the percentage is still in my favor because the defender doesn't know exactly what I'm gonna do and uh like he was just literally throwing up and, and and thank goodness his uh, receivers were making plays for him. So Big Ben ain't done, folks. <laughs> I hate to tell you that. Um, and uh, Sam Darnold, <clears throat> Sam Darnold like looked whatever to me. I mean, there was some nice throws that he had, but I, I have this, I just have this theory about Sam Darnold, where ever since his like final year at USC, when he had a bad offensive line and like he started turning over the ball, like. That's been his like mo like ever since because because the entire time he's been on the Jets, that offensive line's been awful, mm-hmm. and he's been, you know, he's been kind of inaccurate, <coughs> and, and he's also been like under a lot of duress. And I think I th- I just think he's not a good quarterback that per- performs under pressure very well because the Jets were getting some pressure on him, and he did have guys open, and he would and he, he didn't miss them by much, but he still missed them. So I think what he gets like that shaky feet when he feels like a guy coming in, and even though he has the throw there and the guy open by like a step, he's just gonna miss it because I, I just don't I just don't think he likes pressure. I think he's very affected by it, and I think he gets rattled by it. Mm-hmm. So, um, I mean, maybe he'll maybe he'll perform better because it's his first game on, uh, as a Panther. Mm-hmm. But I'm I'm not really like a Sam Darnold like believer like. 
Like, yeah, you were never like, big on you were you were never high on Sam Darnold. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. No, you weren't. You were probably on the table for Sam Darnold. But like, I'm not like like when it came to Mel Kiper and like Todd McShay, you know, like there's some guys out there that just like, yeah, I still believe in Sam Darnold. He he could like resurrect his career and like maybe in a way he can. But I just don't I think he think, can. I don't, I don't think he's gonna be like a super. I think I think he can. I thought I thought he played pretty good. I, I like. I, I, he wasn't like super special with that, but I thought he played pretty solid. He played better, but I don't know. <clears throat> I'm just saying, it, it's nice, and I, and I remember I called you about this. It's nice <coughs> to be on a team with a good head coach and you know actual weapons around. Yeah, that's true. I mean, he he has Christian McCaffrey to dump it off to. Yeah, he's got some receivers there to like you know throw it long. I mean, he does have like an you know, a nice velocity and zip on his ball. But, um, I don't know. I, I don't know how to feel about him. But, I mean, yeah, it's always nice to have, like, better protection and some more talent to work with around you. Obviously, that's going to help. I can't I – don't, I don't know if it's the stink of being a Jet that's still on him, but I, I don't really see myself rooting for him. Um, but maybe I just got to change my, my thinking into being like, yeah, like, how about – how about we root for Sam Darnold to succeed just so we can, like, rub it in the Jets' face? Because mm-hmm. if there's one, like, the thing is, like, with the AFC East teams, I'm not very, I'm, like, I don't, I don't hate the Patriots, I don't hate the Bills, but there's just, I hate the Jets. I hate the Jets. I don't, I don't know what it is. I don't know what it is about the Jets that, that just get to me so much, but I, I just, I can't <laughs> It's our duty as Miami Dolphins fans to hate on the Jets. J E T S S U C S. J E T S sucks, sucks, sucks. Yeah. Anything? <clears throat> uh, anything you want to talk about, Robbie? Uh, I'm gonna be honest with you, man. I'm gonna a little ward out right now. Oh, you man. know what I mean? Yeah. You're on the podcast, and you're already calling quits on me. <clears throat> yeah, this thing is. Uh, it's just, weird. You thought you were able to handle it, and now you're not. Nah, man, but like. Oh my god, dude! It's like again. I, I have a I have a negative test. I'm actually gonna go to. I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna get tested again later on tonight, <clears throat> just to see. Um, but man, like this system, this thing might be out of my system anyway. But the side effect is still getting to me. Like oh, I'm damn. still like worn out. Oh damn! Well, let me cut this uh, short so you can get your uh, rest. We'll cut it right now. Because I think I think I've said everything I needed to. Yeah. All right, buddy. Uh, we'll rest up and uh, we'll sign off uh, for Dolphins Nation. Mm-hmm. Uh, you are listening. Well, you were listening to the Damn Dolphins podcast mm-hmm. by Madman Mike and Robbie T. Nope. Uh, you know, a lot of thanks to Dolphins Talk, Dolphins Talk for having us on. And uh, we'll see you next week. And hopefully my partner, Robbie T, will be feeling a lot better. So uh, find us on Spotify, guys. Uh, Robbie, anywhere else uh, the fans could find us? Uh, Google Podcasts. Google Podcasts. All right. So we'll see you next week, guys. You're listening to the DolphinsTalk.com Podcast Network.